This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Thursday and it's me Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change today. Welcome to Cape Pulpit. If you're just joining in, welcome, welcome. And it's going to be such a great, great show today and that you've been experiencing God's precious, precious present. Well, I hope that you are doing well this Thursday afternoon and it's going to be a great show. Stay with me for the next hour. Joel Mom is with me after this. You are listening to Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Your radio compass on the road to true living. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation that I'm going to be having with Joel Malm today. I hope I pronounce your surname correctly, Joel. This is going to take me a while to get right, but don't worry, I'm going to get there. I'm super looking forward to having this conversation with you today because we're going to be talking about something that I feel is not often spoken about in Christianity, and that's really that dark night of the soul, uh, really about suffering, really about those dark times. But before we get into that, welcome to the show today, and it's so good to have you with me. Thanks for having me. Well, just like that. Thanks for having me. Well, it's, it's such a, such an honor to have you here. It's such a treat because, honestly, you know, last year, and I want to say this because I really want to create a safe space as well for People who are listening to us today to kind of feel seen, even though we're not seeing them physically. But I want to say, you know, last year, it was around about March last year, and I've been going through a really hard time. And it was brought on by, you know, death of a number of my loved ones over like a very short period. And I kind of was sitting in a time of prayer and saying to God, what is going on in my life? And I heard him clearly say to me, you know, that you're in a dark night of the soul and this will be your journey for the entire year. And it kind of wasn't a bad thing. It felt good because I could finally say what was happening to me, what I had been experiencing and have some sort of meaning on it. Now, when we say that, I'm sure a lot of Christians go, wow, dark night of the soul. Are you like some kind of evil person? Like what is going on with you? But what exactly is it when we unpack that? It's kind of a term, it's kind of a philosophy, but when we unpack it and we go, this is actually a reality and many Christians journey through this. So tell us a little bit about, you know, going into a dark night, what exactly it is and, you know, just break it open for us a bit. Well, you know, it's, uh, we, we do live in a time where, you know, if, if you're not, uh, peppy and happy and, you know, filled with happiness, people go, well, you're obviously not work walking in the joy of the Lord, <laughs> mm. but, uh, there's so many parts of, of, of our walk with God. And I mean, this, you see this in the Bible where you, you begin to recognize, and this is what St. John of the cross, the guy that first kind of labeled this dark night of the soul, he calls it luminous darkness. Mm. And Walking in the darkness uh, is is oftentimes a sign that you're in God's will just as much as walking in the light, you know? And mm-hmm. one of the things that, that I talk about uh, a lot is, and, and seem, people seem to resonate with this, is we seem to think that God's silence is a sign of his disapproval. Hmm. But oftentimes, and there is a disapproval when you're walking in blatant sin, but you know that conviction. But when you're doing best to serve the Lord and he's silent, 
it's not, I'm convinced it's not a sign of a, a disapproval. It's actually a sign of approval because if you think about it, when a teacher uh, is ready to give you the test to show that you've, you're ready to go to the next level, the teacher sits silently in the corner and you raise your hand, teacher, teacher. The teacher says, no, no, no. You need to prove to me you've internalized what you've been learning up to this point. Hmm. And the, the teacher just sits quietly in the corner and, and says, show me what you've got here. And A.W. Tozer, he, he said this, he said, it's doubtful whether God can bless a person greatly until he has hurt them deeply. God rises wow. up storms of affliction in relationships at times in order to accomplish that deeper work in our character. And he says, are you willing to take the test? If you pass, hmm. you can expect to be elevated to a new level in the kingdom. And I'm convinced that in every every season of life, there's this dark night of the soul that's it's really a chance for for you to show that you're maturing in Christ. You don't need turn by turn instructions. You can stay faithful to the course, even when God isn't giving you everything you thought he should be giving you, but trusting that this is the test that's going to show you're ready to get to the next level. And and when you get through it, because it, he's not going to be silent forever, you're not going to the test doesn't last forever yeah. um, on the other side, you've grown you've matured. And and I really believe you emer emerge with a new mission and a new message that God has put deep in you because you've passed the test. So the dark night, I, I tell people this, what if it's actually a sign of his approval and confidence that you're right where you need to be and you're, he's prepared you for the next level. And a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm not hearing anything from God. Well, if you're not hearing anything from God, do the last thing he told you. And once you complete that, you'll get new instructions. Stick with that last thing he told you and know that the darkness, the quietness is, is he's still there with you. He's mm -hmm. just sitting in the corner saying, show me you've got this internalized because that's what maturity is. Hmm. I love the way that you explain this as well. And it leads me to think, you know, so often in life. And one of the things that a lot of us talk about is the fact that we we kind of are a little bit uncomfortable with suffering in our gener. I don't know how the generations were before. I have no idea because I didn't live in that generation, but I do feel that a lot of what we teach in Christianity today, especially in the West is very much about a avoidance of suffering. It's why we can try to quickly kind of medicate our problems and not that medication is wrong because in many instances it's the right course of action but oftentimes we want to do something or people turn to drugs or alcohol they turn to all kinds of things in order to numb the sense of that there's actually suffering in life like buddha said you know life is suffering it's this reality of that there will be this suffering but oftentimes we try to avoid it instead of kind of leaning maybe into what this is and trying to navigate through it. And do you think that we'd actually are not doing justice by teaching people about that peppy happiness? And, you know, when you feel down, just get on up and praise, but there's, there could be another side of this. And maybe it's time that we actually teach about the suffering. As Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, it's kind of like a promise. You're going to have it, but it's kind of like when we teach that we should just avoid it we are actually doing a disservice. Yeah. So one of the things I distinguish, and this is kind of my passion in life, um, is I have these kind of two driving things. I want to help people stop unnecessary suffering using God's wisdom. There's mm -hmm. some suffering that we just create because we're working against the order God put in place. Mm -hmm. And that's unnecessary suffering. And a lot of that can be avoided. But then I want to help people find meaning in necessary suffering. 
And there's a verse in Acts that I wish wasn't in there, but it says the apostles went around encouraging the believers and telling them through much suffering, we enter the kingdom of God. Now that to me does not sound like encouragement. Uh, you know, I'm looking for a Hallmark card that says yeah. it's going to be rainbows and sunshine, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but he says that, and that's how Paul can say something is ridiculous where he says as, so we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So when when you when you understand that there's this necessary suffering we go to through to enter the kingdom of God, and I wish he would have said through eating many donuts, we enter the kingdom, but he says mm. it through suffering. And one of the things I kind of that was revelatory to me, uh, I read a book by a guy named Nassim Taleb, and he's actually an economist. But he talks about how there's three kinds of systems in the world. There are fragile systems and fragile systems. They break when they're exposed to stress, chaos, disorder. Um, and he says there are robust systems and robust systems are things that are unfazed by chaos. They, you know, kind of got, you can kick a, a giant boulder and it's not phased. Uh, but he says robust isn't the opposite of fragile. He says the opposite of fragile would actually be something that gains through chaos, stress, disorder. And he, he comes up with a word he calls anti-fragile. And mm -hmm. in reality, we humans are anti-fragile. We're not invincible, but we actually grow in, in psychology. We call it eustress. It's good stress that stretches us. And we instinctively know this. That's why we go to the gym. You mm -hmm. go to the gym. And as you're going to the gym and you're, and you're working out, you're actually tearing your muscles so that as they grow back, they grow back stronger. And when you're in pain the day after you've been working out at the gym, you don't go, oh, what's wrong? You go, oh, it's working. Mm. <laughs> We're doing something right. And I think we miss that fact that, that uh, and one of the things he says in there is he says, if you treat an anti-fragile system like it's fragile, it actually becomes fragile. We're made mm. to handle, to be exposed to some stress and challenges. And in that, it makes us stronger. And, and, and God knows that. I mean, he created us. Yeah. And that's why... Uh, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He says in Ephesians, the goal that he has for us isn't to make us safe. The goal isn't to make us, you know, have warm, fuzzy feelings. And above all else, God's goal is that we become strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And he uses the suffering we go through to strengthen us because we're we're an anti-fragile system hmm. uh, in, in many ways. <laughs> As Nietzsche said, a guy we don't quote much in the church, but Nietzsche said, what doesn't mm. kill you essentially makes you stronger. But that's so true. When you go through a situation like that and have time for recovery, the challenges make you stronger. And, and, and if you look back on your life, I can guarantee you, if you're listening right now and you're going through a struggle, I would encourage you, look back on your life before and you say, man, those struggles I went through, I would never want to do them again. But mm. honestly, they made me stronger and they made me who I am today. So if you think in terms of the fact that just like exercise, that suffering, that stretching, that pulling, what it accomplishes in us in the spiritual life, it, you actually can say with Paul, I, I rejoice in my suffering because, yeah, I don't enjoy it. I mean, mm -hmm. who enjoys working out at the time? But I know that in the end, the result is God's building strength within me, which is his desire for me to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, when you're talking about working out, I was at the physiotherapist recently because I was having some like weakness in my one leg because I had an operation in my other leg. 
which is kind of crazy because you don't think it will work out like that. But the one that had the operation stronger than the one that didn't. And so the physio was like, well, you actually got to work harder on the one that is weaker and you've got to push through, you know, what's happening now. And it's actually, that's the rehab. That's how you get stronger. And that's how things start to balance out. So I kind of learned a lot of life lessons from having to work out, having to go to physio, having to push through quite a bit of pain in order to actually get stronger. And it's actually, it's, it's actually quite an interesting concept. And I was reflecting on it a lot recently because obviously physically I'm having to do a lot more work than I normally do. But Joel, I'm also thinking, you know, sometimes people just, they go, well, you know, they get to that point of burnout or they get to that point of where they're kind of at their end. And then they say, well, you know, I've been going through like so many tests or so much trials, or maybe it's not even tests, it's just things that's happened in life. You know, maybe I've lost my job. Was that God's will? What, you know, maybe I'm going through a divorce. Was that God's will? Maybe I'm going through the things in life that are quite hard to deal with because there's no meaning or purpose or answers in them initially. And it's kind of maybe a suffering brought on by bad decisions by others. How do we encourage people? How do we encourage them to keep going even when kind of it's a suffering that seems to bring on so much pain that there is a burnout or there is a breakdown or there is a sense of actually, Joel, I know what you're saying can be true, but I I almost do not have the spiritual, emotional, even mental capacity to keep going or to even think that I can keep going. Yeah, that's, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about just the disappointments. It's like one disappointment after another. And actually, since the last three years since the pandemic, I've heard Mm -hmm. so many people talking about they've just been perpetually disappointed. And one of the things that's encouraging to me is one of the guys that Jesus said, there's nobody greater than this man actually went through his own disappointment. If you think about John the Baptist, he was there when, when it was revealed who Jesus was. I mean, he's baptizing him. Jesus comes out of the water. Dove comes that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, it's an epic moment, right? You, mm. you couldn't probably get a better spiritual moment than that. But mm. then just a few months later, John's in prison and he sends, he sends some people to, you know, he had seen this experience, but in prison, he kind of forgets. He's like, he, he got thrown in there, honestly, for doing what was right. Yeah. And he got thrown in prison. He sends some disciples and they say, Hey, Jesus, John wants to know, are you the guy or should we be looking for somebody else? John was clearly, John the Baptist was clearly disappointed in how things were unfolding in God's plan. And uh, I mean, it was no fault. Of his, I mean, he, yes, he was speaking out the truth, but you know, he's, he was in trouble for speaking out the truth. Mm. And Jesus, he doesn't really answer the disciples. He just does a bunch of miracles. And then he says, go tell John what you've seen and, and, and blessed are those who are not offended by my ways. And I think that's powerful because even John the Baptist had his dark night, his depression, his discouragement, his disappointment, and he was doing what was right. And he's paying the price for it. And ultimately he paid the final price for it. He lost mm-hmm. his head um, yeah. in just in a violent act. But Jesus in the middle of that says, I-, I want you to lift up your eyes, John. There's something bigger going on. And this is where an eternal perspective is so important. Everything we're going through, if you're, if you're just looking for answers on this side of the space-time continuum, it can be really discouraging because there are some things we may never have the answers to mm. until we stand before God. 
And that's where we have to just trust. You know, I, I always joke when I stand before God, I'm going to ask him a few questions, mm-hmm. but all indications are anybody that stands before God, if you see in Revelation, they don't actually stand. They drop to their knees, put their face to the ground and say, true and just were your judgments. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to hang my hope on that. And and so when you lose, when you feel hopeless, it's it's really easy to lose your perspective that we're living for something bigger than just this life. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to around the world that that the eternal perspective is what really has helped them because they live maybe in an environment where it's just the, the political situation is not getting better. The yeah. relational situations are not getting better. But that's the beauty of this hope we have that it's not just a hope for this life. It's the hope for the life to come. And everything that has happened in this life is preparation. Uh, in, in that book I wrote called Connecting the Dots, I talk specifically about that. I say, like, what if everything that's happened to you has prepared you for something greater ahead? And I'm just convinced that if we can keep our perspective lifted, and which is the hard part, I mean, it's really hard when you're in the middle of the throes of the struggle and you're feeling depressed and it's just like a cloud is hanging over you. But that's where we have to really say, do I actually believe God is working all things together for my good, for those who are called according to his purpose? Or is you know this is where the rubber meets the road? Are we yeah. really going to believe that? Are we really going to have faith that, yeah, this is dark and it's not seeming to go away? Like it's a, it's been a, you just said it, God told you, just get ready. It's going to be a year of this. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's five, sometimes it's seven years. I have a friend who's, he's just hit, taken hit after hit after hit for the last four years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when's it going to end? And we've evaluated, is there anything he needs to do to change? And he's just concluded the only thing he can change in this situation is his mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that point where you say, I, I can't change what's happening around me, but I can change my mindset and keep my perspective lifted that, you know, I'm doing my best and God is clearly working something deep within me. That's where the apostle Paul, he says, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Inwardly, we're being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, which is beyond all comparisons. So he says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the struggles we're seeing around us, not on the challenges that just keep coming, the waves of grief, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen. For what's seen is temporary, but what Mm. is unseen is eternal. And that's where eternal perspective is so important. We have to recognize that we may not get all the answers we want right now, but there's a way bigger picture involved here. Just like Jesus said to John, don't blessed are those who who choose to look at the bigger picture and aren't offended by the way I'm working right now in your life. Hmm. So, you know what? I just feel like I that it is such a profound truth what you've just shared with us right now. And so we're going to go to a song break because I want you as the listener, those who are listening to us today who have just also heard what Joel has shared with us. Maybe that is your experience right now. And maybe you've been taking, you know, hit after hit for quite a long time. And I think that some of us are, some of us have, or some of us know people we love, maybe our loved ones who have been experiencing that. And I want to take this moment to just allow us just to go into a song break and to maybe just take some time just to sit with God, even in the short space of a couple of minutes of a song, just to ask him, you know what, God, give me a an eternal perspective, maybe change my mindset. Let there be a shift. Don't go anywhere because Joel is still with me after this. The Word of God is the words of life. Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m.
Yeah, with me, Lauren Jacobs, Young Voice of Change today. And it has been such a great conversation thus far, but we are not yet done because Joel and I have been chatting about, you know, this dark night and this dark night of the soul is something that we, I think all of us will experience at some point, but it's about knowing how to navigate when we are in this dark night, when we are going through things that really don't make sense. And Joel, I was really thinking, you know, before we went to the song break, you were talking about having an eternal perspective. I cannot agree more because of having gone through so, so much as well. And like last year, like I said at the beginning of the show, was just that time where God was like, hey, you know, this is what you're in. This is the experience. But what I did also experience was having that eternal perspective was something that really helped me through. But Oftentimes when you're going through hardships, and I really want to say this and be honest about this as Christians and believers, is that people don't seem to understand because it's like you said at the very beginning of us being together that people kind of interpret that happiness or the joy and the peppiness as being totally in God's will. So when you start to tell people or your friends or people you're close to like, Actually, I'm in a, a dark night. I'm in a space. They go, wow, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that was the experience I had. Like, I'm really sorry that you're in this place, you know, and I'm kind of like, don't apologize to me. It's not bad. It feels hard, but it's not a bad thing. And I think that how can we as believers change our mindsets towards people who are actually walking through their story and their journey and being in that time frame because we will all go through it. And I feel like we are not equipped enough to actually come alongside people and, and not apologize for what is hard, but realize, well, these people are actually going through something that can be quite transformative. Well, I, I think what it comes down to is uh, a lot of the people that would say those things have never faced their own grief. Mm. Uh, when 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 you don't have any frame, when you've blown, pushed away all those feelings or acted like you're not feeling them, which is a lot of what happens. A lot of people, they're able to just kind of push it away and and act like it's it's not happening to them. But you probably also encountered people who got it. They said, oh, yeah, what you're going through, I can relate to that. And that's the important work I think we have to go through is acknowledging the uncomfortable realities around us. It, it does not mean you don't have faith. Hmm. And I know so many Christians that they just think to acknowledge an uncomfortable reality, to state something uh, is, or to confess it, you know, you, well, you shouldn't make negative confessions. It's not a negative confession to acknowledge that this stinks. And I'll give you an hmm. example of why it's not because Jesus himself did that. At one point, he said, Father, if there's any other way to accomplish this work, let's do it that way. But yeah. not my will, but your will be done. I'm surrendering to your way of doing this. But what I found with a lot of people is, um, I don't know if it's they've created God in their own image, but they haven't even done their own dark work. And a lot of people, they just, they don't want to look at the more uncomfortable things, the more uncomfortable emotions, because they think, well, that's not from God. But I believe God is in everything. He's mm -hmm. in some way in everything that happens to us. And if we refuse to look at our own uncomfortable experiences, we're not going to have any frame of reference for being an encouragement to others. And that's how people say, you know, ridiculous things like, well, God, you know, you lose a family member. God just needed another angel in his choir in heaven. Mm. You're like, 
well, that doesn't help. Not <laughs> like, at all. I, I know you're trying to be sympathetic, but that's spoken, I believe, from somebody that that has never experienced that just sitting in the grief. And if you think about Job, Job's interesting thing about Job, it's probably the oldest book in the Bible, hmm. which which says volumes to me because it means people have been grappling with this issue for a long time. And you see a bunch of his friends, they do those things. Like here we are thousands of years later and you've got the same kind of friends. One says, well, it's just because you're not trusting God enough, Job. Yeah. And then you got another friend that's like, well, just, you know, pick yourself up. Or, and then another friend says, just give up and, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, what's it? I think it's his wife was just like, are, when are you going to stop trusting in God? Just give up and just, you know, live yeah. for, live for, live for today. And at the end, the only guy that doesn't get rebuked at the end of the book is Job. Mm-hmm. Mm. But all of his friends, he's like, no, your buddy over here, he's not too bright. Like, <laughs> no, that was a bad answer. God rebukes all of his friends for their pat answers. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a, a conviction to a lot of us because a lot of times we want to give people an answer, but we have to remember that sometimes there's, again, there's not an answer right now. And one of the things I talk about in connecting the dots is why is not the best question to ask in the middle of a struggle. Why is this happening? The best question to ask is, how am I going to respond to this? And I think we have yeah. to ask that same, how am I going to respond to my friend who's going through this? And sometimes you just don't need to come in with answers. You just need to be present with them hmm. and just listen to them. I, I had a situation recently where I hadn't realized how much pressure and stress had built up in me. And I just had somebody listen to me for about an hour. And on the other side of it, I was like, that was the best. It was just at dinner, but I was like, that's the best church service I've had in years. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah. it was because... Somebody let me unload and he didn't judge or condemn the fact that I was going through this dark night. He just listened. And I don't know how he felt about it. It doesn't really, the important thing was I felt heard. I felt understood. And I think that is one of the best things we can offer to people is you may not have the same experience of having that dark of a night of a soul, or maybe you've been ignoring it. I don't know. But when somebody's in that, just be with them and and don't be one of Job's friends. Hmm. (laughs) Just Sit with them in the dust and the ashes and just say, man, this, this stinks. This really stinks, but I'm here for you. Mm. I think that's the, 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 the most incredible lesson that we can also take away from this, this conversation with today as we wrap up is that to be present with people. And sometimes you have this experience, just like what you had, just to, you know, be able to completely talk to someone without judgment or without them giving advice or or apologizing for your experience, you know, or something like that. But then again, on the other side of that, we need to also learn to be people like that as well. And, you know, to get uncomfortable because sometimes people feel uncomfortable when you start sharing like, oh, I feel angry or I feel this. We've attached so many kind of negatives towards normal things in life that we need to get comfortable with just being with people. And often you have that experience where you can just be with someone and they just talk and talk and you you don't even have to say anything. Then afterwards they have that experience, like what you said. And then they go, wow, thank you so much for listening. I feel so much better. And you're thinking, I didn't do anything. Like I was just here, but what a gift, such a precious gift. And Joel, you've also given us that today to help us feel seen, to help people who are listening feel seen. 
brain to say, actually, I'm going through something that can really be powerful to me on my path and on my journey. And so, Joel, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your passion. And yeah, I really also just encourage people to go on over and grab your book called Connecting the Dots because it is powerful and it will help people make more sense of a life that doesn't make sense sometimes. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, one more quick thing. Uh, if you have a version devotional, the app, I've written two devotionals there. They're free to download. One is called The Dark Cave, which is about the dark night of the soul. And there's another one called Connecting the Dots. So if they want to just dip their toe into the idea, they can download those on version Bible app. And thank, thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. And I have used those devotionals on the version, and they are fantastic, just to let you know. <laughs> so I really encourage the listeners to go on over. And Joel, again, thank you so, so much. And thank you for the incredible work that you're doing for the world and for people. Thank you. Faith, hope, and love. Be victorious in your own life with Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. There were so many parts of today's show that have been such an incredible blessing to me and I know that it's been an incredible blessing to you as well. So I really encourage you to also go on over to the YouVersion Bible app, which I'm sure most of you have on your phone. And I've actually used this version that Joel has spoken about in these devotionals and have really used them each and every single day. And they've really spoken to me, especially last year, like I said, when I was going through a season, a time, a dark night, the dark cave, something that still does persist and goes on, but it is something for which we find that eternal perspective. And I think that so much of today has been that blessing. And I pray that there has been a lesson, an impartation, or something that you can hold on to if you're going through a tough time or maybe someone you know is going through hardship, someone you know is going through a hard time. I often say to people when I get asked to go and speak or minister somewhere or go and share the word, I often do say to people that the truth of the matter is as believers, we often try and, you know, really draw alongside people by finding the right things to say or trying to encourage them by speaking words to them or saying it's okay you know God is with you or you just need to pray more you just need to have more faith or you just need to this or you just need to that but sometimes even though these things are well-meaning and it comes from a good place it could just be the very wrong thing that we need in this life we need people to see us And that is why I believe that when Hagar was sitting next to the well, God appeared to her as the God who sees. And we love saying Al-Ru'i as that God who sees us. But it actually means in the original words, the God who sees into me. It's not just about God saw her sitting there or saw her situation. She was saying, God, you see into me. You see that which is within me that I cannot say to anybody else or that no one else understands. And that's the God that we serve. He sees into us. He sees us. And so reflecting Christ to other people also means that we just need to be present for them to allow them to be seen. We all want to be seen. We all want to just be seen without judgment. And I pray that we will be that for one another. I pray that we will have a revolution in how we treat one another, in how we as believers come alongside each other for each other when we are going through our dark night, our dark cave, when we are going through a season that requires just more love, more care, 
more consideration. And I want to end off actually with a prayer today because I know that it's really hard right now. And the last three years, just as Joel has said as well, have been really hard. And I know that many people are taking punch after punch. Just this morning, I got a message from a friend that I love so dearly and who was just a bundle of joy. And she just said, I just feel like the world is spinning out of control. And sometimes I just feel like it's too much. Sometimes just world events even get too much or you know, things happening in the economy gets too much or the government gets too much. Just general things can get too much. But then we also know there's the deeper things that we can be carrying that's too heavy. So, Father, I want to pray today for each and every single one of us as we come to you. Father, we pray that you will be with our hearts, be with our minds, be with our souls, be with our lives, Father, today. And for those of us who are in the story, in the journey, in the path, on that path, in the dark cave, on the journey through this dark night of our soul, Father, I pray for an eternal perspective. And I pray for some revelation that we can hold on to during this time and a sense of your nearness and presence and comfort for your child who is going through such deep things. Father, I thank you. I thank you and thank you that you are with us regardless, that your silence is not an indication of your pleasure or displeasure with us. But Father, it's an indication that you trust us and that you love us, Father, and that you are with us. So Father, may your your presence and that reassurance be known to us and may your word also be a comfort and a light to us in the times where it is really dark. We thank you, Father, that you're with us in our suffering, that in this life, we will have suffering, we will have trouble, but we can take courage because you have overcome the world. And so we can have an eternal perspective that is a glorious one. And we thank you for this. And we pray that it will be ours, that it will be all of ours. In the mighty name of Jesus, our Messiah, we pray. Amen and amen. It has been a true gift to be with you today here on Voice of Change. I pray that this journey together over the past hour has been a treat for you too. So God bless. Take care and see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.